Rudolph to throw. Steps into his throw. I'm the only one to get the job done. I don't know a no one that could cover for me. Yeah, got some game from my day. So she might say she love me. She don't love me like she say she love me. Believe me, believe me. I'm the nigga boy that love me in the street. I'm not trying to find nobody else to beat. I'm the one they kind of see because they are. Believe me. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I'm really excited for this episode. You guys have said you wanted more wide receiver talk, so I brought in the guy that I think is one of the best people to evaluate wide receivers in the industry, Matt Harmon of NFL.com. He does next-gen uh, stats for them, as well as his reception perception. Matt, how are we doing today? Oh, man, I'm doing good, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Like This is this is such a fun time of year. We were already kind of just spitballing different draft thoughts even before we, uh, we even started recording here. It's just a lot's going on right now free agency coming up and, and yeah this big this big draft thing is right around the corner so i really appreciate you having me on i'm excited to talk about a certain wide receiver today yeah absolutely we're going to break down james washington one of the I, I guess highly debated prospects some people love him and some people have him ranked really low you even hear every once in a while that he's a running back but as we talked pre-show i think that's just because he wears 28 and has nothing to do with his actual <laughs> game before we jump into james washington why don't we talk a little bit about reception perception and what that is sure so reception perceptions with the charting methodology that I developed for wide receivers that kind of helps you put an, you know, not objective, but just a hard percentage standpoint of how I feel about uh, these wide receivers. It shows you how good of a route runner they are, you know, what routes they run most often, what routes they create the most separation on, how good are they against man zone or press coverage. Uh, and then there's some ancillary metrics like contested catch rate and what they create after the catch and when, how many t- tackles they break. So really anything you want to know about a wide receiver reception perception is going to show it to you. And uh, I, I created it for, for two reasons. One, obviously to to get myself noticed and uh, make my way onto the scene being a, a total nobody back in the day. And uh, two, also because I think that watching film is really hard and any sort of observational science is, is very difficult to not have your biases come into come into perspective and to not be clouded by different things you know just sometimes seeing the super high moments can get you too high on a player sometimes seeing the super low moments can get you too low on a player it's just hard for human beings to observe things and really know how to categorize it just by watching or even by simply taking notes so what i wanted to do is create essentially like a rubric for wide receivers and keep myself honest in my own evaluations and also therefore be honest to the viewers uh, taking in what I think about wide receivers. So that's that's really kind of the long and short of it. It's, it's simple when you really break it down, just what do they do well, uh, what do they not do so well, but but there's some, some decent reasons behind doing it. It's one of my favorite things to look at after I've watched a bunch of wide receivers and kind of see if what I see matches up to your metrics. Because when it does, I feel really good about myself. And when it doesn't, I go back and watch to try to figure out what the differences were. And I think what your point about film in general is is really important. That one, it's difficult. Two, it's not an exact science. And three, you know, you could watch a prospect in his first game be so impressive that you start to make excuses for things in the second game because that first impression can be so strong. Or you can watch him right after another receiver that wasn't very good and now comparatively he looks great. Yeah. So there's all kinds of ways to make serious mistakes in film. And, you know, when you can create a metric based on film, I think it's terrific. 
pick. Receivers in general are one of the more interesting players to evaluate because there's so many different roles a receiver can have, right? And it, it really becomes an analysis-specific uh, kind of thing where some people really like deep speed. Some guys really want underneath receivers. Some guys want route runners. Some guys want physical specimens. Um, what what kind of What's your ideal receiver look like? Yeah, this is such a good question because, as you mentioned, wide receiver really in ca- like this the wr on their name next to their fantasy stats or you know on the roster on the depth chart can just mean so many different things i mean it's almost you know completely nonsensical to compare a wes welker to a calvin johnson i mean they just play the game totally differently and even even you can break it down into so many different archetypes at the position so i would say the wide receiver that i'm probably most biased to or that i that i like the most is definitely the technician i mean if you look at just the guys that i've been high on whether i'm right or wrong about them uh, a lot of them are the guys that run good routes and create separation sometimes that tends to be like maybe i like the 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 some people have said i have a bias for like small receivers and, and maybe that's true uh because i mean john brown and some of the players that i've really liked in that regard but i also love just the big wide receiver that can run really good routes you know alan robinson is my is my favorite example of that um he's a guy that it, at his best he was running really cre- clean routes getting off the line of scrimmage well so it's just the route runners that that i i really like and when they can also then high point the football or win in contested situations that's when you really get kind of like a next level player yeah whenever you get a guy that's six foot two plus six foot four and starts moving like the 511 guys in routes that's when you start to have someone that's really special i agree with you route running in general is the thing that seems to most commonly translate with receiver and receiver is one of the most difficult positions to evaluate because you know you have to factor in the quarterback play and when these guys get to the nfl often they're used so differently than they were used in college and what they may have won with in college teams aren't using them to do that now so I, even just in the pros not not to go off on like a little tangent but even in the pros man it's tough because like you said fit with quarterback and fit with offense is so important my my favorite example is always michael crabtree like if you just look at his career towards the end of his time in san francisco he was with a quarterback that just really didn't fit his skill set at all you know he's a real timing based route runner guy a guy who after all the injuries is really just going to win on technique when he does create separation and that it just doesn't fit with a lot of quarterbacks and especially Colin Kaepernick at the end of his uh, or while well, he was still with the 49ers and, and Crabtree was coming to, into his last season, those two guys were just really oil and water because Kaepernick is really just a see it throw at quarterback. He's not going to play with a lot of timing and anticipation. And then when uh, when he goes to Oakland, that being Michael Crabtree with a receiver or a quarterback in Derek Carr, who's more of that anticipatory passer uh, who is better in a timing based system, you see him really rebound in his career. So it's it's just so much about like a receiver could be a good player and just never find the right offensive fit or or find a poor fit right away and never be able to recover from that's that's so true and so important to point out and just look at a guy like deandre hopkins he gets a quarterback that feels comfortable throwing contested passes and all of a sudden he takes off and it's talked about as one of the best receivers in the nfl and Speaking of that, let's let's talk James Washington. So I want to make sure wherever he goes, they're going to throw him some deep passes because I think that's one of his best strengths. But when you watch James Washington, like what gets you most excited about his game? I think I posted a couple of gifts of this last night too uh, when I was up late charting some games, and I think just his ability to track the football in the air is is one of my favorite things. Like. Man, I, I don't know much about the quarterback prospects other than the top five guys that you hear so much about. But Mason Rudolph, I know he gets talked about sometimes. But man, he misfired on some on some deep passes 
pretty routinely um, that I thought really took away some yards from uh, some potential yards from James Washington and the other receivers there at Oklahoma State. Just the ball would kind of sail when it would get to its intended target. And sometimes Washington does a really good job of tracking the ball there. And I think that could tend to lead people to think that, you know, it, it often happens whenever people see a, a receiver make a lot of really good contested catches, they then think that the receiver can't separate because, but sometimes the quarterback is leading them into those contested situations. And I saw that a lot with Washington, but he looked really comfortable leaving his feet, or even if he just stayed on the ground and still had to adjust and track the ball deep. I think that was my favorite part of his game. That's kind of like, to me, there there are so many different facets about being a deep threat. Obviously, you got you should be fast. That's important. But you could also be a great deep receiver because you time your jumps well or you track the football well. And I really think that James Washington has those tools in his arsenal. Yeah, I don't think he's an elite speed guy by any means. Um, I don't think he's going to be consistently just burning people like a John Brown, like you talked about in terms of vertical threat. But I do think he runs a very good vertical route. And one of the things he does is you know, he stacks the defensive back where he basically gets – in front of them or behind them I should say and then he kind of moves right directly in front of the corner so that if the corner tries to make a play he basically has to go through Washington and then that turns into his ability to track the football which like you said is it's so obvious on tape and one of the things he does is he puts his hands up late you know what I mean like mm -hmm. he doesn't give away when the ball is going to come there which is you know how a lot of corners are determining when to turn their head and find the football and James Washington is giving them a very small window in which to do that and those are all things that I think are going to translate to the next level I also like him in intermediate situations because I think he can catch and run I don't necessarily know if he's going to make people miss but he can run after the catch and I think he's got pretty good body control and then one other thing if I don't I don't know if you saw this but something I'm huge on and I think I'm I tend to be bigger on this than other people is that I like when a receiver wins towards the sideline. And what I mean mm. by that is like if he's running a vertical route and he's at the numbers, I don't want the corner to be able to force him to the sideline because you see so many receivers just give that up and it creates these tight windows. And I think Washington leads leaves like three, four, five yards sometimes creating those back shoulder throws, which as we've seen in the NFL, just are so successful. Um, is that something you noticed? Yeah, that's a really good observation. And, and it, it absolutely is something that's important on to see a receiver do um, because those are the sort of things that you're going to earn your quarterback's trust on. I mean, you talk about those back shoulder throws. Like the, the best example, I think, is Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers that even when – Nelson is starting to fade away as a physical player. Rogers still has that faith because he knows he can trust Nelson on those back shoulder throws. Uh, it, just, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a great example too. We have a next gen stat that shows how often receivers catch passes along the boundary. Uh, that's with less than a yard away from the, the sideline, kind of what you show. And uh, the only two guys that cleared 200 yards in that metric was uh, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, and Antonio Brown, you know, two of the best receivers uh, in football, but also two guys that their quarterbacks really trust them. So if Washington can hone that ability, that's something that's going to ingratiate him really early to his offensive coordinator and to his quarterback and, and lead to immediate production. Is there anything in his game that does concern you? Yeah, I don't think he's great uh, as a route runner. Sometimes I think he can let the cornerback get into – I mean, I think he's okay. I think he's definitely developing. I think he's going to check out really well uh, in terms of reception, perception, and and how often he beats man coverage. And he has really good releases off the line of scrimmage to me. That's a thing that I look for, you know, especially when you're in, uh, in that conference there with Oklahoma State, the TCUs, the Baylors, and all that. Like, not a lot of defense going on down there. So the limited reps, you can see him against press coverage. And I did post a, a GIF of this uh, again the other night 
against, I think it was Virginia Tech. Uh, you can really, it's good to see those reps against when he's got a guy in his face in the line of scrimmage. And I think he does have good releases there, but there are sometimes, especially on digs, I really worried that he would get let the cornerback get into his hip pocket and then really wouldn't be able to lose them. Again, I don't think he's going to be an overly impressive physical specimen, but he's so solid in some of the little things that I tend to not worry about that. So that's something I want to watch early on in his career is how does he develop as a route runner, especially, again, at those break points in the stems of the route. He wasn't one of the best receivers that I've seen in that area, at least. Yeah, I would agree with that when I was watching his film. It's interesting that you talked about him versus press. So I thought he was very good with his feet. And then sometimes if the receiver, or sorry, the corner got his hands on him, he could struggle with that at times. And that kind of led to what you're talking about with the stem of the route where, you know, when, when a corner got his hand on him, he kind of stuck with him in his hip pocket yeah. like you were talking about. I think that's something that can improve in his game. But I also think when you're drafting James Washington, that's not necessarily what you're looking for out of him. He's kind of that second uh, level player where he's going to kind of dominate in intermediate areas and deep areas. So I don't I don't necessarily I think it's a knock on him in terms of can he be that number one go-to receiver at all times? But I don't necessarily think that it's what teams are going to draft and expect out of him. Yeah, I think that's really fair and a lot of these guys in this class at least early on in my in my work, I think there's a lot of like number twos and complimentary guys. It doesn't look like if James Washington was a great route runner right now and he was like cleanly separating all over the field, I think we clearly talk about him as number one receiver in this class. Everybody would agree on that and he'd be a future, you know, number one receiver. Right now, I think he has so many traits and so many different abilities, especially with those little things like we mentioned, to be a really good high-end number two receiver, at least in his range of outcomes. But if he takes some progression uh, in these areas, then I think maybe you're looking at a future number one. Uh, but I think there's a really good, solid projection, you know, for a team that needs a number two receiver. You know, I, I think about some of these teams out there right now that, that just need bodies, you know, like a, I would say Carolina is a good example of, of a team that just, man, they just need bodies in that room. They need somebody to to consistently win 50-50 uh, balls and, and can get vertical because that's the offense that they run there with Cam Newton. And I, I look at a team like that. I look at it, maybe a team, uh, you know, in New Orleans that might need some more bodies. And, and I think there's just a lot of teams that are going to be really interested in a guy that I think has a pretty easy projection and one other point I wanted to make was you talked about the fact that he played in the big 12 and they play terrible corners and that could not be more true and it's just so obvious when you throw on the tape that the big 12 has yet to discover that you're allowed to play defense but he did yeah. also play really well last year's bowl game against Colorado and this year's bowl game against Virginia Tech which were two of the better secondaries both those corners from Colorado won in the NFL draft last year in the first three rounds so like there is tape of him doing well against top corners which always makes me feel better well, you, you talked about landing spot. A couple that popped into my head that I thought would be really good was one was the Green Bay Packers because I'm assuming they mm -hmm. let uh, Jordy or Randall Cobb go, and we talked about that back shoulder ability and that vertical ability. I think that could really work well in Green Bay. And then I think Dallas could sure use someone that could separate somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great. That's a great call. Both of those teams really. Dallas, I think, is again just one of those teams that man, they just need some new bodies in there. They've they've kind of run with this trio of Dez, Terrence Williams, and uh, Cole Beasley, and I, I mean it's pretty clearly not working at this point. They were one of they were one of the more exhausting wide receiver cores to watch last year. Uh, Green Bay would be a great landing spot for any receiver, and, and I've advocated pretty much that I think they they're another team that's run with the same core, you know, a few years too often. Cobb and I think they probably I think of the two I would. I think Jordy is 
probably more likely to restructure just because he fits so well there. I don't know what other team would be banging down the door to, to go and get him. And maybe he knows that too. A role change could really benefit him being kind of like a, a late career Larry Fitzgerald. And and also, the, I mean, speaking of the Cardinals, like they don't have after Fitzgerald, they don't have anybody under contract that you can really feel great about unless you're a big Chad Williams fan coming out of the draft. Like, so they're another team that, that I think could use a player like him. And I, I think that Fitzgerald, would be a really good, I mean, the, the mentor factor, who the hell knows, like, if any of these players are actually mentoring each other. But at least watching Fitzgerald go about his business, and especially in some of those technical aspects on the on the short to intermediate routes and how he gets that done, that would be really, I would think that would rub, would rub off really well uh, on on a player like James Washington. I really like that call. And, you know, especially if they run anything similar. Mike McCoy's probably not going to take as many vertical shots as Bruce Arians did, but... Um, Nobody takes as many vertical yeah, exactly. shots. That would have been, been an ideal landing spot for Washington. Just keep running those deep routes. But um, I think that's a great call. Plus, Green Bay, like you said, if Jordy can go back to the slot, which is where he's been most successful the last couple of years, I think that would be great for Jordy's career as well. So, you know, we always end the show talking about a, a player comparison for him. Um, do, do you have one? Yeah, I talked about this with you before we started recording and how tough I think comps are and, and how often people can just make really, really bad comps. And, and I personally think I'm terrible at it, so who knows. But I think from a lot of what we talked about, um, and again, I like to really compare from like potential career arcs and uh, a, a role. And I think a lot of what we discussed with Washington, it, it, like a Marvin Jones is a guy that really comes to mind to me. You know, he's he's a great deep threat. He's also one of the best, if, if not honestly, the best contested catch receiver in the NFL. Um, I think those are two things that that Washington does really well as we discussed he gets vertical he runs really good vertical routes and, and Jones is the same type of guy like he's not a speed freak but he just knows how to time his jumps he knows how to operate and track the ball in the air run good deep routes Washington's similar in that way Washington's the great guy who, who, who tracks the ball well in contested situations and I think that I mean again Marvin Jones is one of the best in the NFL at doing that Jones also not a guy who's going to cleanly separate in the short areas of the field uh, but he's great at all some of those little things, and that's why he's carved out a career where, honestly, he's – I don't know if Jones is a number one receiver, but he operates as Detroit's number one outside target, and I think that Washington in the right situation could do something similar. That's amazing because that's the name I have written down. So Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it, as a first thing when I saw – like watching him the first couple of games, I'm like, yeah, this guy could easily be Marvin Jones. You know, he goes somewhere where he's a complimentary guy to a, a number one in, when, when Marvin was uh, with the Bengals. Um, and then if he has enough targets and they really just understand – like I think in the first year of Marvin Jones, year with Detroit, like they just didn't really have him quite figured out. And then in the second year, you, they saw they, – they can clearly see like – this guy's a deep threat, and he just wins 50-50 balls, so that's what we're going to ask him to do. And he honestly had an incredible year. If you look at really almost any efficiency metric, if you look at just a lot of the next-gen stats I've been putting out, like in terms of receivers in tight windows, uh, deep ball receivers is going to be a series that's going to come out as well too. Jones is is right up there with all those. So I think that a team could draft Washington to get something very similar. Yeah, and on top of that, like Jones is one of those guys that he would be quiet for a couple games and have those monster explosion games, and James Washington has a lot of that in his game. So I have Marvin Jones style, and then the the two guys I thought he compared to a little bit similarly. He reminded me a little bit of like a Robert Woods meets Chris Godwin in terms hmm. of um, – you know, I think he can if he develops his route running like Robert Woods, that's kind of the player he develops into. And we saw Godwin be that downfield guy that makes contested catches. So that, so that kind of reminded me of a little bit. But 
you know, when I was thought about it, I thought more Marvin Jones. And then you said that. So I, I, I might just kind of be team Marvin Jones with James Washington. And I, I think that really says that, you know, he's, he's going to be an impactful player in the NFL. And he's going to have a yeah. lot of teams that fit his, his role. And, you know, it's a very important role for for a receiver in the NFL, especially today with how often they're taking vertical shots. Matt, I just want to thank you for coming on, man. I, like, I'm a huge fan of your reception perception, like we talked about. You're, you're a fantastic guy that's constantly giving people time and discussing your thoughts. Uh, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, sure, man. Thanks so much for having me on. This is a really fun conversation. You know, Washington's a fun player to talk about in a wide receiver class. It's pretty interesting. Um, and, and yeah, people can find me at, at Matt Harmon underscore BYB on Twitter. Uh, and you can find all my work at NFL.com slash Harmon for the next gen stats content that I'm doing right now. A lot of postseason wrap ups. And uh, I, if I'm on if I'm on the network at all, I'll, I'll be letting you know. And it, Twitter is the best way to uh, to find that. Definitely got some cool got some cool TV things in the work coming up here soon. So uh, keep your eye out for that, guys. Matt Harmon is a must follow not only for NFL takes, but he used to be the best follow on Twitter for Brussels sprouts takes as well, guys. He's Matt. <laughs> <laughs> A little disappointed now that I'm trying to eat better. Those went away, but I'll, I'll have to find them somewhere else. I'll Not get you. I'll get you with some vegetables, man. It's it's off season. I got to get into. We'll we'll get into vegetable discussions. Don't there we worry. go. There we go. That, that's my guy right there. He's Matt Harmon. I'm Elliot Christ. You're listening to the Draft Daily podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, guys, please rate, review, and share the podcast. We really appreciate you listening, guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm.